You're listening to the No Sleep Podcast Radio Network on WNSP. Welcome to the Sleepless Sandbox. I'm your host, David Cummings. Glad you could join us this evening. Gather around the radio and hold your loved ones close. We have two tales for you, lovingly borrowed from now-defunct radio programs from the past. Some shows just don't have staying power, but we here at the Sleepless Sandbox will last forever and ever, thanks to the boost of energy we get from our sponsor, Dr. Physics Soda. The soda prescribed by doctors. Dr. Physics Soda. Try some, and you'll sing, Fill her up, Dr. Physic! Now, let's get right into our first spooky tale. Originally heard on the radio program Lights Out back on April 21st, 1937. This is a story about a party. And oh boy, what a party this is. The hosts wanted to have some fun with their guests, but it turns out the joke's on the host. And this turns out to be bloody good fun for an uninvited guest. The no-sleep players on this tale include Jessica McAvoy, Ellie Hirschman, Kyle Akers, Nicole Goodnight, Nicole Doolin, and David Alt. So get out the potato chips and dip, because you have guests coming over. And this is going to be one spooky ghost party. Ah, it's a great night, isn't it? Yes. It's good to be alive in the spring. <sighs> it's good to be alive anytime. The night air is so soft. Yes? Like your lips? Darling. I wish we didn't have to go there. So do I. There'll be a house full of loudspeakers trying to out-talk each other. Can't we sort of just forget to go, Jim? Not a chance. If I didn't show up to one of Mrs. Hinkle's parties and she got wise to it, tomorrow morning I'd be reading the want ads and worrying where I'd get the money to meet that next payment on that engagement ring. Silly. Silly is right. That fat old tub owns stock in just about every business in this town. You go to her parties when you're invited. Or else. It seems like a pity to waste such a glorious night. If it were just a plain party, it wouldn't be so bad, but one of Mrs. Hinkle's... Are they as bad as all that, Jim? Worse! The woman's got a party complex. She thinks she's the daring type. But actually, the last time she had an original idea was just this side of the Civil War. She's built like a battleship, and the only thing she does outside of clipping coupons off her bonds is thinking up screwy ideas for screwier parties. Wait till you see her! I'm looking forward to it. What about Mr. Hinkle? Oh, he makes a fit partner for her. He's as small as she is big. But he's about as party cuckoo as she is. Yeah, and on top of that, he's one of these practical jokers. No. It's a fact. Palm ticklers and itch powder and water squirting out of a flower's buttonhole and all that kid stuff. I tell you, the pair of them are enough to make a person sick. How much further to go, Jimmy? Unfortunately, it's just around the block. I sure wonder what screwy idea they've got cooked up for tonight. Do you mean all of their parties are different? Yeah, different and yet the same. The last one I went to, she had the house all fixed up like the inside of a barn. Cows and chickens wandering around the parlor and all that sort of stuff. Oh, you're fooling. So help me. After the liquor started circulating, somebody found that one of the hens had laid an egg, and he popped someone with it, and the fun began. 
They threw everything around but the cow. And if it wasn't for the fact that the Hinkles have a bank account big enough to choke an ostrich farm, the whole shebang would have landed in the Hooskow. Oh my goodness, Jimmy. I don't think I want to go to their party. I mean, if that's the way they are. No, don't worry. I understand that tonight the Hinkles are having just a quiet evening at home. I hope. I don't like the way you said that, I hope. Jimmy, do you hear what I hear? Yep, that's their place, all right. A nice, quiet evening at home, eh? You should hear the Hinkles when they really get going. Do we really have to go there? Do we really, Jimmy? Ours is not to question why. All we have to do is go in there and hope to heck she isn't throwing a circus party with a couple of lions running loose. (laughs) I'll do more than hope, Jim. I'll pray. Okay. And while you're praying, pray that Mr. Hinkle doesn't pull off any of his practical jokes on us. His idea of good, clean fun is to wire up a chair with electricity, then shock the back teeth out of anyone who sits down on it. Stay close to me, Jimmy. Stay close. Quiet, everybody. Quiet, please. Quiet. Ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to introduce you to that queen of party makers, none other than my own dear wife. Thank you, dear friends. Thank you. It does my heart good to know that you appreciate these little gatherings, which have come to mean so much, I'm sure, to the social life of our community. But enough of that. As you all know, I pride myself, if I might use the word, on the originality of my little parties. Well, as you know, we've done just about everything at these parties. (laughs) That is to say, everything really clever. So tonight, I simply racked my brains for something that just hadn't been done before. And I'm sure when I tell you what it's all about, you'll agree with me that it's going to be quite a treat indeed. In fact, if I do say so myself, never in all the many years I have been entertaining folks have I ever had the good fortune of thinking of as clever and original and entertaining an idea as I've thought up for tonight. It'll thrill you. I simply know it will. I don't like the look in that woman's eye, Ellen. Oh, don't be silly. She's not as terrible as you said she'd be. I'll bet she's going to say that we're going to play post office or puss in the corner. That's what you think, darling. That's what you think. And so, it is with the greatest pleasure that I announce the piece de resistance of our evening. Entertainment which I am sure will thrill all of you. None other than an actual ghost seance. Quiet, please. Quiet, please. Mrs. Hinkle has something more to say. Quiet. Thank you, Mr. Hinkle. And now, ladies and gentlemen, if you all please, come into the next room and the seance will begin. Hurry now. (laughs) The spirits in it must not be kept waiting. In here, please. In here. Oh, Jimmy, I don't like this. Oh, don't worry. We'll just sit around in a circle and hold hands. I won't mind that part of it. A ghost seance? Is that that woman's idea of fun? It's all right, dear. 
I think we can sneak out now, and she'll never know what happened to us. The old battle axe... What? You're from the Hinkles. Oh, my gosh. Ah, there you are, Jimmy. Now you and your young lady get right in with the rest. Right in. The spirits and the ghosts are waiting. Now everyone take a chair around the table. Quickly, please, quickly. Sit here, dear. All right. Now, everyone join hands. Everyone join hands. Mr. Hinkle, turn off those lights. Mr. Hinkle, did you hear me? Turn out the lights. Right, my dear. Oh, Jimmy, I wish I was home. Say, this is nothing. You ought to see the Hinkle's really bright ideas. I bet they're the ones who started the San Francisco earthquake. Ladies and gentlemen, please, please. We cannot expect to have the proper uh, contact with the spirits unless we are silent. Thank you, Mr. Hinkle. Those are my sentiments exactly. <clears throat> the spirits. Oh, the spirits. Where are the spirits? Why, I drank my spirits. <laughs> now, please, my friends, please. This is a serious affair. Mrs. Hinkle is trying to awaken the spirits of the departed. Well, speak up then. They can't hear you. <laughs> Mr. Hinkle, you must do something. We must have quiet. How can I contact the spirits of our forefathers? You hear, ladies and gentlemen? Quiet, please. Quiet. Jim, how long is this going to go on? Let's try to sneak out now. I can't, Ellen. I just can't. If old Eagle Eye found out... All this silly nonsense, sitting in the dark and holding hands as if... Wait. Now quiet. No more whispering, if you please. If any of you think that this seance which I am about to conduct is not perfectly serious, I ensure you emphatically that it is. You see, last week I went to see one of the greatest mediums in existence. And she told me that I, myself, was a medium. I, myself, am psychic. Isn't that true, Mr. Hinkle? Absolutely, my dear. He said you were positively psychic. Now, hold tightly to your neighbor's hands, and I will go into a trance. Here I go. She's been in a trance all her life. <laughs> Quiet. Let's see what she does. I... I'm now in a trance. I am now the voice of the world beyond. Of all the scummy parties, the voice of the other world. <laughs> she sounds like the voice of degeneration. I bring you my spirit control. Listen to him. Knock, knock. Who's there? <laughs> Quiet, please. Oh, spirits of the other world, speak and bring us wisdom. Of all the nonsense, that woman isn't a medium, is she, Jimmy? She's medium crazy, that's what she is. Jimmy? Huh? Why did you stand up? What? It's so dark, but I see you standing by me. Why don't you sit down? But, but I am sitting down. Then what? <gasps> Ella, in heaven's name, what? <laughs> <laughs> turn on the lights, Mr. Hinkle! Turn on the lights! Yes, yes, in heaven's name, turn on the lights! I can't find the switch. There, there, I've got it. That girl! Look at that girl! What's the matter? Who screamed? 
What's going on here? <gasps> she fainted. Yeah, get some water, quick. Somebody. Ellen, Ellen, open your eyes. What frightened you? Look at the way she's got her hands to her throat. Take her hands away. Yes, yes, she's choking herself. Yeah, sure. I, I don't know why. Ellen! Blood. Her hands are covered with blood. Get a doctor, someone. Get a doctor. No, no. I see it clearly. It's just a scratch. Just a scratch. Jimmy. See? She's coming too. She's all right. Just a scratch on her throat. Just a scratch. Scratch? You fool, look. It's... it's teeth marks. Jeffries. Jeffries. Yes, Mrs. Hinkle. Jeffries, are they all gone? Yes, madam, all. Then run along. Run along and close up. Yes, ma'am. Most deplorable thing that ever happened to me. Sam, Sam, are you falling asleep down here? Huh? What? No, get up out of that chair and let's go upstairs and go to bed. Most disgusting party I ever had the misfortune to be concerned with. It, it did turn out badly, didn't it? Not at all. It would have been most entertaining but for that disgusting little person fainting that way. But, but her throat. Now don't start that again, Mr. Hinkle. It was nothing at all. A mere scratch. Teeth marks indeed. But they were plain. Now don't start arguing, Samuel Hinkle. No, no, my dear. She got all nervous and excited there in the dark, and she... She scratched herself, that's all. Breaking up a perfectly good evening with her hysteria. Well, come, come. Let's go upstairs. Yes, my dear. Screaming and carrying on like that. Absolutely disgusting. Yes, my dear. Ruining a perfectly good party that way. And that Jimmy person persisting in wanting the police in when one could see it was nothing but a scratch. Teeth marks, indeed. Yes, my dear. Oh, I'll fix that young man's goose tomorrow morning. I will. Police in my house. I'll teach him. He'll be walking the streets when I get through with him. And perfectly right, my dear. And I spent so much time thinking up the idea of the party. And we had such clever stunts planned, didn't we? Yes, my dear. What will people think of me? Such a disgusting exhibition. Well, Samuel, open the door, open the door. Yes, my dear. Sleep, that's what I need. Sleep to forget the entire atrocious affair. Well, turn on the lights, turn on the lights. Yes, my dear. All those clever little things we figured out. The luminous paint to shine in the dark, and you're getting under the table and pulling their legs, and... <gasps> Sam! Yes, my dear? In my chair, by the window. My goodness! Do, do you see her too, Samuel? Yes, yes, of course. Who, who is she? I, I never saw her before in my life. Speak to her, Mr. Hinkle. 
find out who in the world she is. Well, I, I, I... Oh, you. You mouse, you. Old woman, who are you? What are you doing in my bedroom? Eh? She, she can't hear you, my dear. She, she wants you to come closer. Of all the nerve, filthy old hag. Get out of my chair. What are you doing here? Who are you? You ask who I am? You heard me. Who are you? How did you get up here? Hinkle, call the police. Yes, my dear. Hinkle, wait. Huh? Come closer, the both of you. Get out of my house. Out, I said. Hinkle, what are you standing there for? Do something. Yes, my dear. Both of you, closer. I'll fix you. I'll fix you. Jeffries! Jeffries, come here! Jeffries! Yes, Mrs. Hinkle. Uh, what is it, Mrs. Hinkle? Is there any trouble? Jeffries, come in here! Yes, Mrs. Hinkle. Jeffries, call the police! Mom? My husband, for some reason of his own, apparently is fascinated by that horrible old hag. But you certainly aren't. Call the police! I... I am very sorry, Mrs. Hinkle. I am afraid I don't quite understand. The police! The police! Call the police! Don't you understand simple English either? Call the police! But... But begging your pardon, ma'am, why? Illegal entry, breaking, disorderly conduct, I don't know exactly what reason. There must be some law in this community that prevents a woman from just simply usurping someone else's home. My dear? Oh, you shut up. Jeffries, you hear me? Don't stand there. Call the police. I want her thrown into jail. Sitting there, smirking at me. Call the police! But, but madam, about whom are you talking? In the chair! By the window! Look! But there is no one there. No one there? What are you... I was trying to tell you, my dear. She... she just went. Went? In the blink of an eye. It's uh, so late, madam. Uh, may I retire? Get out! Get out! Thank you, madam. Samuel? Yes, my dear? Where did she go? I wasn't watching. Where did she go? I... I told you, my dear. Answer my question. Where did she go? I... I don't know. But she must have gone somewhere. You were watching her. I wasn't. Tell me, where did she go? She... she just disappeared. You fool! People don't just disappear. I know. She sneaked downstairs. My silver! She sneaked downstairs while I was talking to steal us out of house and home. Hinkle! Yes, my dear? Go downstairs. See if she's down there. Quickly! Yes, but... Quickly, I say! Go down there and... What? There she is. She, she's sitting in front of the door now. You do see her, don't you, Hinkle? Yes. Yes, I see her. Samuel? Huh? I, I think I can see the back of the chair right through her. Yes. Sit down, my friend. 
We have a long time ahead of us. Yes? So late. Yeah. I... I slept a little. Not me. Her sitting there, staring. Staring. Oh, I got so tired. I've been thinking all this time. Thinking what? Thinking of what she wants of us. She hasn't said a word for hours, has she? She doesn't have to speak, Sam. I know. Know what? She wants to kill us both. <gasps> I know. The dead can't kill? While we were dozing, I went close to her. I thought maybe, maybe somehow I could get by through to the door. Well? She kept looking at me as I kept coming closer. Yes? Then suddenly, when I got very close, I couldn't move anymore. Well, how can that be? That's the way it was. If we yell for Jeffries... You were always a fool, Sam. Try. Try to yell. <coughs> I can't somehow. I never was afraid of anything before. And I've always been afraid. What's she waiting for? What is it? Staring... Staring. Why doesn't she speak again? No, no. When it's daylight, things will be different then. She'll go away. A dead thing like that can't live in daylight. But it's hours until day yet. Hours! Sam, I can't stand it anymore. Go up to her. Talk to her. You talk to her. No, no, you. Sam, do as I say. I can't talk to her, not I. Somehow, I've got a feeling that if I do talk to her again... Well, never mind that now. Go up to her. Speak to her. Maybe... Maybe you can find out why she keeps staring. Staring at me. Why me? Why me? I... I'd rather not. Sam, do as I say! Yes, my dear. Yes. <laughs> hey, excuse me, please. Come. We have much to talk about, you and I. It's, it's not me that wants to talk, please. My, my wife? She is afraid to talk to me. She's afraid that something will happen. And so it will. She, she asked me to ask you why you keep staring at her. Did you ever see her blood? Huh? She has so much of it swimming in her veins. And I have none. You'll excuse me. I don't understand. There are some of us who could go back to living... If we had blood... She... 
She wants to know just what it is you want. Did you ever walk along a quiet street and suddenly think there was somebody close behind you? Eh? Did you ever sit alone in a room just at dark and suddenly think that there behind the chair if you but turned around, there was someone standing. Someone you didn't dare look at. She, she wants to know just what you want. You, you want your life, don't you, simple man? Answer me. You, you want this thing you call your life. I... I want to live, yes, sure. And so do I. And only through blood, red blood, can I have life. The life I want. Well, well, what can I do? I mean, I don't understand. Really, I don't. Death or life. Which do you want, little man? Which? Life. Then listen to me. Put your ear close to me. Here's your choice. Your life or hers? <gasps> you believe I'm not of the world, do you know? Yes. Yes, I've always believed. Then believe I'll take that miserable little life of yours. Unless you do just as I say. I don't want to die. Those pills for sleeping that your wife takes often, they're on the table by the bed. Well? Fix them. Quicker than I would give her. You must give them to her. <gasps> you fool! She's kept you under all these years. With her, you've been a man and yet not a man. Now I give you life. Give her the you little fool. No one will know it. And then I'll go away. I'll let you all alone. Give her the pills and I'll leave you. You will? Yes, yes, I will. Give her the easy death, little man. Hurry! Yes. Why not? She's to blame that you're here. She did it at that crazy party. How or why, I don't understand, but she did it. Why should I die? Why should I? Yes, yes. Why should you die? Go. Make her sleep, and you'll be free of me forever. Yes, I'll do it. I'll do it.
What did she say, Sam? What did she say? I, uh, I... Speak, you fool. Speak. You talked so long with her, I couldn't hear a single word. What did she say? Staring at me. Look at her. Still staring at me. Samuel, you've got to tell me. What did she say? You, uh, you should go to sleep. Sleep? What are you saying? Yes, that's what she said. If if you go to sleep, she said she'll disappear. Go back where she came from. Just sleep. Sleep? Yes, I'll get your pills. Old thing, sitting there, staring at me. Who are you? Where did you come from? The dead don't live, and yet you're dead. I know you are. Come closer. I think she said, come closer. Come closer. I've got to do it. Closer. What? What do you want of me? What? Quickly, listen to me. If you listen, I'll give you life and go away. Hear me? Go away. Yes, yes, I'll listen. He wants to poison you. (gasps) He thinks I'll give him life if first he kills you. Oh, no, he wouldn't. Not he. Look, there in the corner, he mixes up a poisoned brew. Sleeping pills you use. He fixes them. All of them. No! Listen. Listen closely. He'll take a glass and give you one. The poisoned one. Switch the glasses. Give him the Poisoned one. But do as I say and you'll have life. Kill him for me and I'll give you life. You hear me? Give you life. Life? Yes, yes, I'll do it. I'll do it. Go back. He is ready for you. Here, my dear, this'll make you sleep. See, I've mixed one for myself, too. Yes. Yes, I see. Here, this is yours. The pill is in the water? Yes, the usual one. Here, I'll drink with you. There's one in my glass, too. Sleep. We'll sleep until it's day. And then that horrible old woman, she'll be gone. Look, she's standing up. Huh? Where? No, she's still sitting there, as she's been for hours. You, you, you moved these glasses? No, no, they're, they're just the way they were. This one is mine? Yes. Yes, that one is yours. Drink. Yes. And you drink yours. Together. Everything will be fine now. Fine. Yes. 
all my life has been run for me. First my mother, and then you ran it. What are you talking about? And now for the first time, my life is going to be my own. You hear me? My own. And I'll do what I want, when I want. And, and no one, no one, oh, oh my head. <sighs> Sam, old woman, you see? I did it. He's, he's gone. Now, now you've got to go away. You said you'd go away. Yes, yes, I said I'd go away. What? Why are you coming toward me? <laughs> the, the other way, out. Out where you came from. Isn't that always the way? You throw a party, someone shows up without an invitation, and they don't even bring a gift. I would have thought that old woman would have at least brought a bottle of wine with her. Perhaps a nice bottle of red? Well, speaking of bottles of delicious liquid, don't forget to enjoy some delicious soda from Dr. Physic. The doctor's black cherry soda is a delicious treat. It will keep you going whether you're having a seance at your house or trying to find ghosts in an old abandoned abode. That's Physic Soda. 
try some, and you'll sing, Fill her up, Dr. Physic. And welcome back to the No Sleep Podcast Radio Network on WNSP. It's the Sleepless Sandbox, and it's time for our final tale of the night. Originally heard on the radio program, Suspense, back on June 23rd, 1949. This is a story about a radio DJ, hey, like me, who decides to record himself investigating a haunted house. Boy, radio DJs will do anything for ratings, right folks? Well, yours truly isn't going to be taking his tape recorder anywhere after hearing this tale, I can assure you of that. The no sleep players on this tale include David Cummings. Hey, that's my name too. Jesse Cornett, Jeff Clement, Atticus Jackson, and Jessica McAvoy. So remember this. If a house by the ocean remains unsold and is rumored to be cursed, just leave it alone. There's likely a good reason it should remain empty. The last thing you want to do is go there on a ghost hunt. Yeah, didn't that leave you high, huh? <laughs> Left me feeling treetop tall. That was the latest hit from Louis Armstrong. And that's all for the hot and mellow hour tonight. Yes, 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 this is Smiley Smith, your favorite disc jockey, I hope, here at the hot and mellow hour, home for the season. I'll be back again tomorrow night, minus the music, but with a little surprise for you. Tomorrow night, Friday night, as you know, is stunt night here at Station WXP. And have I got a stunt for you. Last week, you remember, I planted my wire recorder in the steam room at a ladies' Turkish bath and let you listen in on the playback, remember? <laughs> well, tonight, as soon as I leave the studio, do you know where I'm going? Hmm? Your friend Smiley is going to spend the night in a haunted house on a spook hunt. <laughs> you heard me, a spook hunt in a haunted house. I'm bringing my little wire recorder along with me, and if you tune in tomorrow evening at this time, you'll learn what it's like to spend the night in a haunted house. Ain't that something? <laughs> a real haunted house. No kidding. Four people are known to have committed suicide there. So tune in tomorrow night and share a real thrill with your old pal, Smiley, I must be crazy, Smith. <laughs> Good night, folks. Care for a cigar, Mr. Thorpe? I've got some cigars in the dash there. No. Well, there's no reason to carry a chip on your shoulder, Mr. Thorpe. Oh, really? Well, I don't like this fool stunt. Why, I don't see it as a fool stunt at all. I really don't. I think it's the only way you're going to unload this house. <clears throat> Ordinary selling methods won't work in a case like this. Now, don't forget the reputation saddling this house for suicides since 1939. You know what people call it? The death trap. Yes, it's a lot of nonsense. <laughs> 
sure, but try to convince people of that. Anyway, when this disc jockey offered me the chance to kill all these rumors about the death tri about the property, naturally, I jumped and took him up on it. Especially since it doesn't cost a cent. You're sure about that? I'm not liable for a penny? Not a cent. We're doing him a favor letting him use the place, he said. Thanked me for the chance last night when I drove him out here. So, one hand washes the other, as the fella said. He gets a chance to pull off a stunt, and the wire recording will prove to people that the property is A number one. And we increase the chance of selling the place. Well, as long as it doesn't cost me anything. Not a thing. He's using his own recorder, and I'm paying for the rental of a couple of walkie-talkies he hooked up to it. Well, what about this, uh, Reed? Does he charge anything? He comes gratis, too. Dr. Reed is a, uh, how what you call it, uh, a psychic investigator. Belongs to a couple of societies that do nothing but hunt ghosts. He showed me articles he'd written about it in some magazines. Well, here's the house. Looks real nice in the sunshine, don't it? Man, smell that sea breeze. You don't have to sell me. Well, let them know we're here. Huh. Probably asleep. Up all night and everything. <laughs> well, why don't they come out? You think they've gone? I told them last night I'd pick them up around 11. Smith! Smith! Hey, Smiley! Dr. Reed! <laughs> yeah, fast asleep, I guess. Uh, we'd better go and wake them up. Of course, they may have taken the bus back to town. Oh, no, no. It's a, it's a two-mile hike back to the main highway. Smith! Hey, Smiley! Where are you? Wake up! You don't suppose... do you? Oh, no, no, no. Smith? Dr. Reed? What's that... That clicking noise from in there. Why, that's his wire recorder. He left it running. These machines cost a lot of money. Doesn't he care if he uses up his batteries? Well, where is he? And where is this reed? Oh, maybe they're upstairs. Smith! Hey! Anybody home? They must have walked to the highway and taken the bus. Well, he wouldn't have left his machine. Well, where are they, then? Where are they? No, no, no. Don't get excited, Mr. Thorpe. Don't tell me not to get excited. If something's happened to them in my house, I'm liable. You try the side. I'll try that one. All right. Smiley? Smith? Smith? Oh! McDonald, come here! What? Oh, no. Reed! Dr. Reed! Don't, don't touch him, Mr. Thorpe. You'll get your hands all... Blood! 
Is he dead? I can still feel his pulse, but we'd better get him to a hospital fast. Care for a cigar, Mr. Thorpe? No. No, thanks. Why not try to relax? The nurse said Reed would be all right as soon as he had a blood transfusion. You told the radio station to be sure and call us as soon as they had any word about Smith. Yes, I told them. Why don't you sit down? Oh, I'm on pins and needles. What do you suppose happened out there last night? Well, we're going to know in just a second, just as soon as I can get this recorder set up. You don't suppose Smith and Reed got into a fight, do you? There. A fight? I don't know. Well, what's wrong? Won't it work? Yeah, it works. Take it easy. Testing, one, two, three. Testing, one, two, three. All set, Dr. Reed? Mr. McDonald? Eh? Okay, here we go. This is Smiley Smith speaking. Smiley Smith, the ghost hunter. I don't know whether to hope that this will turn out to be a success for the sake of the program or a failure for my own sake. Anyway, all of the preparations have been made now, and it's up to the spooks. I'd better tell you where we are. Right now, we are standing on the lawn of a house about 12 miles above Malibu Beach. The ocean is 100 feet away, straight down. The house is perched on a cliff, and there's a sheer drop of about 100 feet right into the old Pacific. Maybe you can hear the surf pounding. I'll turn up the volume. You hear it? Now, I'm going to have you meet two gentlemen who are here with me. Incidentally, we are the only people around for miles and miles. First, I'd like you to meet Dr. Clarence Reed of the British and American Psychical Research Guild. Dr. Reed is a famous investigator of psychic phenomena, and I'm very honored to be associated with him on this ghost hunt. He's smiling in an embarrassed sort of way. You're much too kind, Mr. Smith. Dr. Reed has conducted experiments in this field with such great believers in spiritualism as Oliver Lodge and Arthur Conan Doyle. He looks a little bit like Santa Claus. He's short, stocky. <laughs> you don't object, do you, Dr. Reed? <coughs> no. No, indeed. And he has a magnificent white beard. A truly great beaver. <laughs> Dr. Reed is so enthusiastic about ghost hunting that he got out of a sick bed this evening to be with us. <coughs> Excuse me. My lungs. I was... gassed in the First World War. Yeah. Well, anyway, Dr. Reed and I are here on the lawn looking at the house. I can't see much. It's around, oh, 11 p.m. now. Seems to be a rambling sort of house, two stories high. Since it was built, there have been four suicides here. Is that right? That's right. Uh, now into the mic. Four suicides since 1939. I'd better tell them who you are so they won't think you're a ghost, eh? <laughs> Standing with the doc and me is a real estate agent, Mr. Charles McDonald. He handles this property and he can tell you a lot more about it than I can. Well, the house was built by a man named Martin. Toby Martin. 
an orange grower, and built the house as a wedding present for his wife. A month after they moved in, she took her own life. On the day of her funeral, he committed suicide the same way. There have been two other cases since then, and I... Did they all jump into the ocean? Yeah, all four of them. Right over there. The last one was actually seen doing it. About three years ago, he was seen running like all get-out toward the edge of the cliff, and he was shouting and laughing and yelling as though there was people beside running right along with him. You kidding? No, it's a fact. He was laughing and yelling and running, and when he got to the edge right over there, he jumped and never came above water. Well, that's as good an argument against cold baths as I've ever heard. <laughs> Since then, people just refuse to live in this house. Silly, I call it. Anyway, if you and Dr. Reed find any sign of a spook, I'll get the owner to pull the house down and rebuild. But if you don't find anything, I'm hoping this will convince folks that he is a real buy. Well, okay, Mr. Smith. You and the doctor are on your own. I'll be by in the morning to pick you up around 11. Goodbye, Mr. McDonald. I hope there's something left for you to pick up in the morning. <laughs> well, it's almost pitch black, folks. I guess Dr. Reed and I ought to begin. I don't believe in ghosts, never have. But what I say is this. If you're dead set on looking for them, this is a dandy place to do it. So long. Mr. McDonald just checked out. And then there were two. Well, three. Oh, my dog. Oh, yeah, folks, I have my dog Jeff with me. He's a wire-haired terrier. He's three years old, and he can talk. Say hello, Jeff. Come on, Jeff. Jeff, say hello. Come on. Well, anyway, he's a wire-haired terrier, and he's three years old. Hey, should we go inside now, Dr. Reed? I was about to suggest it. Now, how do we hunt ghosts, Doctor? H how do we do it, huh? We don't really hunt them. If there should be any in the house, they will come to us. How cozy. And please, not ghosts. Do not refer to them as ghosts. We know them as apparitions. Apparitions, right, I'll remember. I've no desire to hurt their feelings. Where ghosts are concerned, I say live and let live. Well, okay, we've opened the front door now. Maybe you heard the hinge squeak a little. Now we're standing here looking in. Can't see much. Smells sort of musty and damp. What's the matter, Jeff? What's the matter, boy? Jeff! Oh, oh, come on now. Come on. Hmm. My dog seems to object to entering this house. He has all four feet braced, and he's straining against the leash. Perhaps he senses something we don't. Like apparitions, maybe. Yes. It's not unusual. Animals lack the veneer of sophistication we humans possess. They are more sensitive to such emanations. Yeah, well... Come on, Jeff. Stop this nonsense. Oh, he probably smells a mouse or a rat or something. Come on, Jeff. We're going in whether you like it or not. 
There's a short entrance hall, and over there at the end of it is a flight of stairs leading to the second floor. Jeff! And over here to the left is what seems to be a large reception room. We're entering this large room now. There are windows over there, French windows, and through them I can see the ocean. The electricity hasn't been turned on, so all I have to see by is a flashlight. Not a very powerful one at that. Dr. Reed is now adjusting his walkie-talkie. It's hooked up to my recorder so he can cut in while he's hunting and tell us what he's found. Here's a few words from the doc before he sets forth on his investigation through the house. Ladies and gentlemen, <coughs> Mr. Smith has introduced me as a ghost hunter. He spoke, I think, in a spirit of skepticism and levity. I'd like to assure you all that my purposes here are serious. I have spent my entire life seeking reliable proof of the appearances of apparitions. Have you ever seen any? Ever? I have seen phenomena which leads me to believe in the possibility of their existence. Although, I have never seen any. I count myself sensitive to the evidence of their existence. This house, for example, affects me profoundly. It doesn't seem to affect you in the same way. Well, I'm not too happy about all this, if that's what you mean. You are not psychic, and therefore not sensitive to these matters as I am. I imagine the question that is in the minds of those of you listening to us is... Shall we find apparitions? I don't know. But I feel they are here. And that they are evil. I sense danger. I shall soon know. Dr. Reed's leaving the room now. Going to make a tour of the house. First thing I'm going to do is open the windows and let some fresh air in. Ah, feels better already. Cooler, anyway. I know that... What was that? Oh, a bat. A bat just flew into the room. I, I think it was a bat and not a bird. I didn't actually see it. Just its shadow as it fanned my face. Oh, oh, there it is again. Oh, it touched me as it passed. Jeff! Jeff! Come back here! Oh, Jeff, you fool dog! Come back here! Uh, Dr. Reed? Dr. Reed? Dr. Reed! Reed speaking. What is it, Smith? Jeff has run off. My dog. He jumped through the window and ran off. Oh, well, so. I told you he sensed something about this house, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. Well, you want to come and see if you can determine what it was exactly that set him off? slowly up the stairs toward the second floor now. I'm halfway up. I'll be down with you soon. <sighs> well, folks, my dog's run away. You probably heard him howling. He jumped through the window and took off. Never did anything like that before. Frightened by the bat, I guess. Personally, alone here in this big room, I can understand how he must have felt. This isn't a cheerful spot by any means. I may not be psychic, but I sure have a feeling this house doesn't want us here. Read again. <laughs> Excuse me. I have something of great interest.
first to report. I am now standing in an alcove on the second floor, trying to recover my breath. As I reached the head of the stairs, I felt what I think is a definite psychic manifestation. I felt suddenly as though I'd been punched in a solar plexus. That's the only way I can describe it. At the same time, I began to perspire. Now, my head is still swimming slightly, and I have difficulty in swallowing. My pulse rate is around 110 at the minute. The sense of evil is very strong. I feel very... What shall I say? Profoundly depressed. You... Want me up there? No. I prefer to remain up here alone. The presence of a disbeliever such as you might interfere with my investigation. Folks, I'd like you to get a picture of what it's like here. Very quiet, for one thing. I've never been in such a quiet place. And it's pretty dark. No light except for my flashlight. Tell you what. You go now and douse all the lights you have on. Go ahead, put out the lights, and that will give you a clearer feeling of how it is here with me. Go ahead, turn off your lights. Hey, <laughs> uh, did, did you hear that? Uh, the real estate agent told me I'd probably hear rats and mice in the walls. Well, I can certainly hear them now. E even you can hear them, I think. It it's as though... Uh... Dr. Reed speaking. I've been working my way toward the front room, the one directly above the one in which Mr. Smith is now. Now the vibrations have become stronger, more and more pronounced as I approach it. I think I am on the verge of an important discovery. Important discovery! Did you get that? Now I can hear Dr. Reed moving about in the room above. I don't suppose you can. Have a try anyway, huh? E, you hear him? I hope he finishes his investigation soon, because, quite frankly, I'd like to get out of here. I can well imagine people becoming unhinged in this place. Right now, I find myself pretty jumpy. and not being very brave, am I? <laughs> it's being alone in this room down here that does it. It's this darned old house. I mean, you know, the atmosphere is so very... Uh... I wish only to make this hurried report before continuing with the investigation in this room. I have carefully sounded out all the parts of this room, and the emanations are most strong from what appears to be a closet before which I am now standing. As soon as I open the door to this closet, I will have... Tell you what it would cost to get me to open that door. In the basement of Fort Knox. <laughs> oh, there's that bat again. It seems to like me the way it keeps. Oh, each time it passes, it, it touches my face or my neck with its wings. Oh, smelly things, bats. I, I don't suppose they bathe very often, if at all. I wonder how. Oh, get away, you bat! Oh. That bat'll be the death of me. 
Hey, it's, it sounds like a jingle, right? <laughs> bad'll be the death of me, the death of me. Hey, bad'll be the death of me. <laughs> Whatever. I haven't thought of jingles like that since I was a kid in grammar school. Gee, I had a lonely childhood when you come right down to it. I mean, oh, well, that's my affair, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. It certainly is. I have succeeded in removing the hinges to the door. And I find inside that it is not a closet, but much larger. It is, I think, a dressing room. I have not yet been inside, but I am about to enter. Uh, what was I talking about? Oh yes, bats. Well, the bat flying back and forth in this room is... Did you hear that? Did you hear it? Dr. Reed must have knocked something over in the dressing room. A chair, huh? Yeah, a chair. A heavy chair by the sound of it. This chair, or whatever it was, must have fallen right... fallen right above my head. That's the way it sounded. I... I can see a small stain forming on the ceiling right over my head. <gasps> Something ran across my foot just then. A rat, I think it was. I have always hated rats. Most people do, of course. Oh, that stain up above there bothers me. It's gotten so big so soon. I think I'll take a chance and bother Dr. Reed and ask him what it is. Dr. Reed? Reed, can you hear me? Are you all right? Hello? Well, he, he didn't answer. I think he's just a little bit deaf. I, I think so. Well, what, what do you suppose he's found, huh? I'm afraid this is rather dull for you listeners. I'm not finding it so, of course. <laughs> there, I heard him cough. Did, did you hear that cough? Oh, I hope he's all right. He got out of a sickbed to come here this evening, you know. He was gassed during the First World War, and this place is starting to get on my nerves just a wee bit. Just a teensy-weensy bit. Hello? Oh, he switched off. Oh, that's a bad cough he's got. Oh, I feel so lonely. Been alone so much of my life. Not so much now, of course, but when I was younger, I was alone so much of the time. You know, struggling to get ahead, living in a hall bedroom, wondering where my next meal was coming from. I get the blues just remembering it. Seems sad. Young people have to spend so much time alone. Sad for old people, too, of course. I'm saying, of course, a lot. Of course I am. Hey, that stain on the ceiling, it's grown amazingly. It's actually beginning to drip. I mean, form bubbles. They'll start dropping soon. Colored bubbles, they seem to be. Odd-shaped stain, uh, like a body lying on its back with its arms stretched out. It's cheerful. <laughs> I'll certainly advise Mr. McDonald to have this place torn down. I'll go upstairs in a minute or two to see how Dr. Reed is making out. You know, listeners, I really believe I'd go completely crazy if I had to stay here much longer. Oh, it wears you down. That's exactly what it does. It wears you down. It's so close and musty in here. I feel sort of trapped. Oh, I don't know why I said that. 
That's what they call this place, you know? The death trap. There, what did I tell you? That stain started to drip drop. Drip drop, drip drop. Ugh. I'll catch the next one in my hand and let you know. <gasps> Reed! Dr. Reed! I'm going upstairs now, listeners. I'm afraid something has happened to Dr. Reed. I'm not kidding now. I mean this on the level. Oh, which room could it be now? Right? Left? Uh, no, no, right, right. Uh, th th this is it. This is it, I think. Well, evening, gentlemen and madam. I'm so glad to see you. I was just aching to see somebody, anybody. Oh, I've been so lonely down there. Now, what have you done with the doctor, huh? I know, I know, he's been hurt. Uh, see the color of the bubble in my hand? What have you done with him? Make way, gentlemen, please make way. Well, if this isn't the funniest, <laughs> the funniest darn thing. <laughs> oh, this can't be Dr. Reed lying here. He didn't have a red beard. Now, 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 don't crowd me, gentlemen. Don't crowd me, please. Huh? What? What's that? You want me to go where with you? You want me to do what? Oh, speak up, gentlemen. To the cliffs? Down to the cliffs? You mean right now? <laughs> well, oh, all right, if, if you'll come with me. I don't want to be alone anymore. You will come with me? All of you? All four of you? Oh, you too, ma'am? Oh, good. Come on, then. To the cliffs. Ah, uh, to the cliffs. To the cliffs. To the cliffs. He jumped over the cliff. He jumped over the cliff. McDonald, he jumped over the cliff. Mr. McDonald, Mr. Thorpe. You may come in to see Dr. Reed now. What? Dr. Reed is conscious. You may see him now. Is... is he able to talk? Just for a few minutes. In here. Come in. Come in, gentlemen. How are you, Dr. Reed? We've been waiting to see you. Yes, and I must apologize, gentlemen. I had a most unfortunate accident. Hemorrhage. A hemorrhage? Yes, my lungs, you know. Now, gentlemen... Hemorrhage? Dr. Reed, what happened in that house? What happened to Smith? We've just been listening to a playback of the recordings you made out there. Smith? Isn't he with you? We've just heard the recording. Dr. Reed, Smith jumped over the cliff into the ocean. Oh, that poor boy... Dr. Reed, will you please tell us what happened? From what we heard on the recording, there were ghosts in that house. Ghosts? I didn't see any ghosts. But Smith, what about him? If he went over the cliff, it was fear that drove him over. But gentlemen, I didn't see any ghosts. As for that unfortunate young man, who can say now what he saw, or thought he saw?
Well, that's a good lesson, folks. Cliff diving should be left to the professionals. I guess you could say that story went downhill fast, huh? Well, speaking of things going down, our time is almost up for this program. We hope you enjoyed yourself as much as you do when you enjoy a delicious Dr. Physics soda. This is your host, David Cummings, wishing you a sleepless night. And join us again next time on the No Sleep Podcast Radio Network. Good night, and as always, brace yourself. You've been listening to Old Time Radio Volume 10 from the No Sleep Podcast. The musical score was composed by Brandon Boone. Host and executive producer is David Cummings. Thank you for being a supportive Season Pass 14 member. This audio production is copyright 2020 by Creative Reason Media Inc. All rights reserved. The copyrights for these tales are in the public domain. No duplication or reproduction of this audio program is permitted without the written consent of Creative Reason Media, Inc.